At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Lombardi Line, hope you had a great weekend here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Steph put together this fun NHL, excuse me, NFL coaches on the hot seat. We'll get to that coming up in just a little bit, along with uh, Coach of the Year odds and season win totals on those that correlate. But we get you back here. And I wanted to bring this up, Michael. You saw, it looks like Chauncey Billups today is going to be announced as the Blazers head coach, going to sign a five year deal. Well, there's some uh, drama coming out of Portland now. Lillard, who's 30, spent nine seasons in Portland. He's been loyal, obviously. Patience wearing thin, question mark, is my question, because he's frustrated with the process of winning, but also he's getting blamed for the head coaching search. Remember, he said he wanted Jason Kidd, then he said he wanted Chauncey Billups. Kidd has been uh, actually accused and then tried for spousal abuse. And I believe Chauncey in 97 had a sexual assault charge against him, which was settled out of court. So uh, a lot of people crushing Billups and he seems, excuse me, crushing Lillard. And he seems to be getting frustrated with the process. Well, I mean, look, you, you know, Lillard is the guy that they can't, they need to build a team around. So, you know, social media can crush him all he wants. Um, I think at the end of the day, the, the, the Trailblazers are going to do what's in the best interest of their team, which is keep their best player and truly a great player. I mean, there's yeah. no question that he is great. And Billups has got his work cut out for him. He's going to have to answer the questions about what happened at Colorado. He's got to address that. I think there took some time in this contract before it became finalized that he's going to have to answer that and, and, and make sure that he can explain himself and move forward. And then he's got a bigger task of trying to fix this team to go along with the general manager who is really on the hot seat at this point. To me, it comes down to the GM because he's on the real hot seat in terms of the construction of the team, the changing of the coach, and how does he make up the difference in the West when it's so damn competitive? I, I wrote that down. Neil O'Shea is the general manager. Chauncey, you better get a rear view mirror because he will be attacking your back with knives. I mean, he threw Terry Stotts on the way out under the bus. Um, you know, right. again, he's getting a, a they have no defense though, Patrick, they can't play defense. No. I mean, you know, and, and, and do they have assets that they can trade? I mean, you know, when you go to it, I mean, when you go to the trade machine on ESPN, I mean, who are they, who can they trade that you say, you know, you know, where can they go to make their team better? You know, Lillard is, you know, is a, he's got five more years. CJ McCollum's, you know, $29 million a year, you know? Norick is a 12. He's just a 12. He has two more years left. Covington's a 12 with two more years left. Nick Powell, who they traded for, he's at 10 million for two more years. I like his pieces, but you know, this is Zach Collins. Can you believe Zach Collins is in his last year of his deal? He's no, done nothing. He's been we injured. thought he was going to be a really good player for him, right? When he played, he's done he was. nothing for him. No, you're right. When he played, you know? he was. They're getting Carmelo. Carmelo 
Carmelo. We can bitch about Carmelo all we want. He's making a million six. He's not even really putting a dent into the cap. Yeah, no, you nailed it. And Nurkic is unique because he's a traditional old school big. And it's also, and you know this from building teams, you know, the Portland Trailblazers are in a very unique spot. They've lost in the first round for the last five years, but good enough to get there. We know they're not good enough to win the championship. So that's always that really kind of the consternation that as a general manager, somebody putting together a team, you can point to success regular season wise, but you need to get over that hump and there's tough decisions to be made here. Yeah. I mean, I think they, you know, when you Covington's made all defensive team, right? Like when you watch Covington play, I don't see an all defensive defender out there. You know, and so, you know, you're counting on him to be a defender when he's really not. You know, C.J. McCollum's a nice player, but let's be honest here. C.J. McCollum's, you know, he's got problems on the defensive side. So I think that's why Portland is the betting favor to get Ben Simmons because it's an easy trade. The money matches up. McCollum goes to Philly. They get a shooting guard to go along with their team. And... Portland gets a, a, a point guard to go in there and play next to Lillard and play defense. And we know Jay Kidd. Jay Kidd was Lillard's first choice. And Jay Kidd said, yeah, Portland, I'll come talk to you. Wait, never mind. I think I'm going to get this Dallas job. So he chose the Dallas job before even going up there. Now Chauncey Billups, who's been much coveted, not just for as a head coach, but potentially a front office role, he will be in Portland. That is a big task. You know, a point guard that blossomed late in his career, Chauncey. Everybody loves Chauncey, but like you said, it's an interesting mix. It's a weird mix of player there in Portland. The roster construct. This is on O'Shea as we say hi. Yeah, no doubt. It's Lombardi line. Michael Lombardi on Patrick Maher here on Visa and the Sports Betting Network. We're just discussing quickly uh, the coaching hires in the NBA. Of course, Jay Kidd is going to be in Dallas, Michael, and now Portland's going to give a five-year contract to Chauncey Billups. So there it is. I wonder if that's all guaranteed, Patrick. You think, oh, that's guaranteed pretty good. It's pretty good if you can get five guaranteed, huh? I mean, I think it's got to be three and two. Why would you give a guy with no experience five years? You know, why would you do that? Who are you competing against? I mean, Jay Kidd now, let me say this. Jay Kidd was, had interest in Portland, had tremendous insta, insta, interest in, in Orlando, probably thought he was going to get the Orlando job, and then the Dallas job fell into his lap kind of with that situation. So, you know, why would you have to give five years to Chauncey Billups? Like, who are you going to lose him to? I'll tell you what it is. It says right here, it says the deal includes a team option on the last season. So that means to me, four years is guaranteed and the fifth year is a pickup for the team. And I would say that fourth year probably has language in it that doesn't automatically guarantee. Yeah, you're probably right. You're probably right. I mean, I think that you can't be that dumb. I mean, you're in the driver's seat. You know, look, I give you three years, but I, I'm not going to max you out. I'm not going to, you know, you're going to have to prove yourself because if he's good and they win, you're going to rip it up after the second year anyway. But comes down to situation and Billups can be the greatest coach ever. He can be, he can be wooden. He can be Riley. But when you look at the way that that team's currently constructed, you have to get out from McCollum. You have to get out from Nurkic. And I don't know how they're going to do that. So there's plenty of work. I, to I do don't know how they're going to do it either. They're going to have to take, and they're going to have to take on some, and they're, and they're over the luxury tax line by over almost $2 million, Yeah. you know? And so they don't have the cap room. So they've got a team. This is the problem. When you have a team that, that you've paid for, that's over the cap. What are you doing? 
And they're going to, and O'Shea is going to have to make some moves. I mean, he's going to have to get rid of. I think that the Nick Powell move to get him in there was a smart play, right? You know, but his draft picks haven't come through for him. I mean, you know, Zach Collins was a top 10 pick. And, you know, Patrick, you have to have a top 10 pick to get a great player in the NBA. You cannot get one without one. So, you know, and there's Collins. He hasn't done anything for him. Let's have a little fun here. Let's let's go NFL. Yeah. Let's go. Co- We're let's, shifting I, I'm, gears. I'm just gonna throw. This will be interesting. I'm gonna throw random names at you as far as NFL I coaches. I didn't look at the. I didn't look at the rundown. I know that doesn't surprise you. No, I did that not doesn't. Look at the rundown. You didn't, didn't look at the surprised. rundown yeah. out of respect to Steph because you didn't want to spoil it. That's anything. right. That's right. I, that's uh, right. I want to be spontaneous. Yes. I love this. So I'm gonna throw names at you coaches and you tell me whether or not they are or are not on the hot seat okay i'm going to start with mm-hmm. one his coach of the year odds are 66 to 1 okay so a long shot his season win total is set at six and a half is zach taylor of the Bengals on the hot seat this year tremendous hot seat now he was on you know this year at the draft at credentials to the table. Zach doesn't bring any credentials, you know, and the offense has gotten worse. If you bet on Zach Taylor as a, we're a betting network, why would you ever want to bet on it? He's demonstrated nothing in terms of managing the team, managing the game. I think that seat's hot. I think it's red, red, red hot. Okay. Good start. By the way, Luke fickle, your job is safe. University of Cincinnati, <laughs> Zach Taylor. I mean, Luke Fickle, if, he's if doing Luke a hell of a Fickle job. was the head coach of the Bengals, I would say that's a pretty good hire. I would agree with you. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go random here. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Thank you for thanking me. The <laughs> <laughs> Zimmer, coach of the year odds, 25 to 1. His uh, season win total is set for the Vikings at 9. This is an interesting one. Mike Zimmer, is his yeah. seat hot in Minnesota? I like Zimmer. I think he's on a on a cool back burner seat. I think if he comes out and the team doesn't play well, and I think if the body language of the players goes south, then I think the seat warms up. I think particularly if it doesn't go good on defense, because he has now come in and taken over the defense. And his son's the def- co-defensive coordinator. But I think the reality of it is, is we all know Zimmer calls the plays. We can see his play sheet in front of him. It's folded in half. I like Mike. I think his teams are really tough. I think he understands it. I think he wants to try to balance the game. People give him a lot of crap about, well, he's a defensive coach. All he wants to do is run the ball. Well, running the ball helps you control the pace of the game. And in these high-octane offenses that are in the National Football League, sometimes controlling the game helps you. It helps you play 26, 27 minutes of defense as opposed to 32 when you get beat. So I think it's warm. I think he could be a candidate at 25 to 1 for coach of the year because let's just say my man Aaron Rodgers doesn't play. Who's the best team in the North? I think it's Minnesota. No, it is Minnesota. And if he goes and gets in there and he can do things, he's got Paul Gunther back to help him on defense, which I think he likes. I think it's got a good chance. Yes, seven wins last year. Win total set at nine. Juiced up minus 125 to the over. You nailed it. I think that plus 260 is uh, an opportunity right now to buy low on because Minnesota, they they did what they needed to do is the best way to put it in the offseason. They they helped out that secondary, which was terrible last year. Zimmer's weird. I, that's that's a that's a tricky one I just threw at you because he he's he he's done a good job. It's just they've had their He's foibles. a good coach. Yeah. 
He is a good coach. I mean, and he's got and, and, and he's been cheated by the offensive line. They haven't been very good. Spielman hasn't done a great job of building the offensive line. It's one of the Achilles heel. It's one of the reasons why when you give all the money to the quarterback and you can't do other things, it hurts your team. But Spielman's done a great job of added pieces, whether it's Dalvin Cook, Justin Jefferson. I mean, you got you know, it's it's you have to weigh everything in together. But that offensive line hasn't has been the Achilles heel, and last year the defensive line was the Achilles heel. Okay, this one's a very interesting one, and I want you to think about it. I think the general manager okay. hired this coach because he had a crush on him, because there's no other reason. Uh, he's cool. He's got good vibes, as you would say. His uh, coach of the year odds are 35 to 1. The desert got a little hotter when he got there, Mike. But is he a good coach? That's Cliff Kingsbury. He is right now in a tough division. Win total set at eight and a half. Cliff Kingsbury was a terrible college coach. I don't care what anybody says. His team got worse every well, year. And his defense never got, never improved when he was at Texas Tech. You know, got worse. And you can blame it on recruiting. Now, the GM and the owner are tight. That that would take an act of, you know, you would have to, you know, do the stations of the cross to get the GM separated from the owner. They're very close. And Kingsbury is going to have to put all the pressure. My sense of it is, is Kingsbury's a defensive coordinator getting fired away before he gets fired. Mm, and particularly with Kyle, particularly with Kyle Murray at quarterback, they're not going to upset their so-called franchise quarterback. Now, I think he's I think Cliff's done a nice job of adapting to the NFL. I think he's done a good job. He's gotten into some tight end sets. You know, he's got Mac Williams. He's got Darnell Daniels. He's got tight ends on the roster. You know, now I think that they've tried to improve it. I think the design of the team hasn't been great. So you can't blame Cliff for everything. Okay. I think that the quarterback is a little guy and he gets hurt. You can't blame Cliff for that. I think the offensive line wasn't great. But I think the pressure's on Vance Joseph this year. I think their defense has to play at a high, high level. Chandler Jones's contract has to get resolved. J.J. Watt's got to give him more than what I think he can. I think J.J. Watt at 20 plays would be great. I think J.J. Watt at 40 plays wouldn't. But then I think the biggest question mark is their corner situation. I, can they cover anybody? Arizona was... Five and two going into the bye last year, came out, lost immediately after the bye, and goes three and six the rest of the way. Yikes. Tough close to the year. Yeah, and, and one of those wins, and, and let's go, one of the wins was a Hail Mary against Buffalo, and two of the wins were against Philadelphia and the New York football Giants. So they didn't beat anybody. Now, they, what they have is they got great PR. And they take that PR from the media and they move it into the season because they got Kyler Murray. I mean, he's great. But he wasn't Nobody running. Looks at the numbers. You, you said it all, all Nobody all looks long. at the numbers. Yeah. Nobody looks at the numbers and says, wow, he wasn't very good. Unless he can make a loose play, unless he can run around like beep, beep, you know, and, you know, he's flying and throwing the ball left and right. You know, you can live with it. I, I can live with it. You know, now, are they going to get better? I mean, they just signed James Conner. I thought James Conner was slow as a running back. Mm -hmm. You know, Drake gave him some juice. Now, he's in Oakland giving him juice, man. Got him juice. Here's the thing. What you kept on repeating the second half of the season with the Cardinals last year was once they mitigated uh, Murray's ability to run, which is essentially the system, you can't. that, that offense is weak. The defense is terrible. Defense, the other defense is caught up with Murray and that Kingsbury scheme. I think it could get dangerous in the desert.
Well, I think this too, you know, I mean, I think with the, it'll put a lot of pressure on the owner because all these older players they signed, Marcus Golden, Malcolm Butler, Chandler Jones, J.J. Watt, all these old guys, Robert Alford, the corner. I mean, they got to come through for him. I got another one for you. He mm-hmm. if, Keep coming. NYPD blue vibes, like he could be a cop down and out on his luck. Think about it that way. He had a really good run at a historic in a storied franchise. Now he took over another one. It was disastrous at the start. Let's see. Big bounce back year with Mike McCarthy. 35 to 1 coach of the year. Big time win total, nine and a half for a team that struggled last year. Hot seat? So when you when you want to fire a coach, you have to look at the owner's behavior in the past. And you know, Jerry's not a typical fly off the handle fire a guy. Jerry Jerry, when it comes to coaches, is somewhat fiscally responsible. Look how long he gave Garrett. But Garrett did the exact thing that you have to do if you want to stay a coach. Good year, bad year, good year, bad year, good year, bad year. You know, you never get caught up. I think Mike is going to take a step back and become a head coach this season. I think he hired Ben McAdoo to help him run the offense a little bit more, to take away. I'm not saying he's not going to call the plays, but I think he's going to follow into to Jerry Jones's idea on what the head coach should do, which is be the CEO. Jerry likes it to be a subcontractor business. He's got Kellen Moore to call the plays, Kellen Moore to run the offense. He's got McAdoo in there to kind of help McCarthy. And then you've got, you know, you got Dan Quinn running the defense and you got Jim Fossil running the offense. So, you know, I don't think he's on a hot seat because here's why. I don't think they're going to be a, a four and tw- four and 13 team. I, I think they'll win enough games to keep him his seat comfortable. I think next year's the hot seat year. Six and 10 last year, five and 11 ATS. We're just a bad football team. Um, they get With the, injuries. You know, he had excuses. They fair. got injuries, that's you know. Fair. And, and, and it's the first year, and he made a disastrous hire with Mike Nolan. I like Mike Nolan as a person, but Mike Nolan was not very good as a defensive coordinator. Yeah, not very good on Zoom either. Remember, he got hot sauce in the eye, and that was a disaster. <laughs> he <laughs> he liked that. Hey, by the way, thank you. Uh, you're, you're right about Jones, who is often thought of as like impetuous and flies off the handle. He watched Dave Campo coach that team three straight seasons to five win teams. I think he was like five and eleven. But you got to remember something. What the fans have to remember is Jerry thinks he's coaching the team too now. So when he fires a coach, he's partly firing himself. So, you know, you can't fire him. You know, you can't fire him. He's not going anywhere. And he gets a coach he can work with. He's got Kellen Moore to run the offense. He's got Dan Quinn to run the pressures on Dan Quinn if there's anybody. Next one. I got a couple more very interesting ones. This guy, I think he belongs in Chicago. All right. The team's got a lot of promise, but they don't have a quarterback. You know who I'm talking about. Your boy, Vic Fangio. Vic Fangio. Who is Vic Fangio? Yes. I do think Vic's on a hot seat because if that defense doesn't play to the level it needs to play, I think they're going to have to make some changes. And I think the defense can. I, I think they don't want to in Denver. I think they're a good team. I think they can't lose games because Vic does is playing too conservative on offense or there's a mix. I think they've got to find a way to win these close games. And, you know, last year they couldn't do it. This year I think they have a much better team. You know, they're not going to blame the players in Denver. The quarterback isn't great. We know Elway loves, loves, loves Drew Locke, but they can't, you know, not going to blame him all the time. I think they're, I would say it's a tepid seat. Do you hmm. – 
Coach of the year, twenty-five to one. That's an intriguing team at eight and a half. I think that's. A, I, I think at twenty-five to one, he's interesting. I mean, you know, we're we're on that. You know, it's such a thin line. You know, Kevin Durant, one inch shorter. You know, the the, the Nets are in this series, right? And that's how thin the line is in sports. And so, you know, I mean, he could easily be coach of the year because if that defense plays to their level of talent, and Vic is a really good. And I mean this strongly, a very good game plan defensive coach. He's not a, just a run it out there, we're going to do the same thing week in and week out. He's going to make you play left-handed. He's going to create some problems for you. He's going to make it uncomfortable for you. You know, and then, but if now with talent, he makes it way more uncomfortable. And they can turn the ball over like they did in Chicago when they had the great Mitchell Trubisky playing quarterback. You know, they could easily go in there. And, look, if they have a magical season, he could become a Coach of the Year candidate. Denver, Denver's defense could be awesome this year. They could be really good. I mean, remember last year, Kevin Stefanski won it. Now, I know he was fresh blood. He was a new coach. But it's always going to be Coach of the Year is going to be a team that comes out of nowhere and wins. If, if New England goes 12-5, and five, Belichick's not winning Coach of the Year. The man that runs VSIN, program director John Goulet, he's hopped out the pool over at Stadium Swim, where he usually hangs out and graced us with his presence here at the South Point, Texas. And oh, he texts me. Nice. He says, "Yes, he's he's a big time." He says, J "Jerry's only fired one coach after the second season, Chan Gailey. That's a good memory. Chan it was Gailey. a disaster. Disaster. Yeah." I mean, it's when Jerry can't fix it. Jerry can fix it. Jerry thinks he can fix things. Jerry's a fixer. Unlike me, I, Jerry would go to Home Depot. Not me. Jerry's a fixer. So are you saying they should hire Ken to coach the Cowboys, our engineer here? Ken? Ken can fix everything. He would do a hell of a job. I'll tell you what, he'd do a hell of a job. Hot he seat. does a hell of a job in here. Just look around. Hot seat next here. We'll continue. Lombardi line. The Lombardi Line presented by BetMGM. I'm Patrick Maher. This is VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Of course, Michael Lombardi hanging out in Jersey. Okay, I like the hot seat stuff. We were just having this discussion during the break, so let's keep it going, Michael, shall we? Yeah. Now, this one is. Shall we? Yeah, this sure, one, why not? This one, you're just going to go, come on. All right? You're going to think I'm disrespecting you by even throwing this name at you, but I want you to think about it. As a connection to Chan Gailey, who we just discussed. How about Brian Flores with the Dolphins? There's a lot of expectations with this team, and the Dolphins' win total set at nine and a half. Hot seat? No, I don't think so. I think, you know, I think who could be on the hot seat is the owner and the general manager. I mean, Chris Greer, they picked the quarterback. I mean, if Brian Flores is not a good, if they're not a good team in Miami, it's going to be because the quarterback didn't play well. I mean, and that's a real possibility. That's a strong possibility. And the fact that, like, Brian, like a lot of defensive coaches in the National Football League, has struggled to get his offense right. I mean, when you look at it, there were, this was taught to me years ago in the National Football League. One of my first, second years in the league, 
uh, an assistant coach at the 49ers, said, look, here, there were four coaches just hired. Dan Henning in Atlanta, you know, uh, Mike Dicka in, in Chicago, Dan Reeves in Denver, and John Makovic in Kansas City, you know, names most of the fans have never heard before. And he said, why did that two of those guys, why did Makovic and why did Dan Henning fail? And Collier and, and Reeves and Dicta win. Well, when Reeves went to Denver, he had Joel Collier. Great, great, great old-time defensive coordinator. Should be in the Hall of Fame as an assistant coach. Great defensive coach. Creative. Carl Mecklenburg moved him around. You know, was doing odd floater stuff before odd floater became popular. So that made Reeves successful in Denver. Dicka goes to Chicago, and who's there? Buddy Ryan, right? So Buddy's there. Henning goes to Atlanta. He doesn't have anybody. Makovic goes to Kansas City. He hires Bud Carson, but he can't really, you know, Bud's not really understanding what Makovic wants to do. It became a disaster. So my point here about Flores, defensive coaches, if they don't really have an idea or an identity of what they want on offense, you know, this is what the kind of team we're going to be. I think that's what Zimmer tells them up in Minnesota. We're going to be this team. Everybody complains because they think all Zimmer wants to do is run the ball. I think that's his biggest issue. And if that comes to fruition, if that's not play, it'll be blamed on the quarterback. Or there'll be another change of coaches in, in Miami to get the quarterback fixed. The pressure is on Tua. It's on Tua. Because remember, this Watson thing's not going to get resolved. So that's going to be dangling out there. And if you're Nick Cesario, you know you've got Miami and you've got Denver in desperate need of a quarterback. Yeah, Tua has pressure, but as John and I were just discussing, they hire Chan Gailey for a dead, like kind of a weird one season because he was familiar with Fitzpatrick. Now, Tua admits, I had a hard time understanding conceptually the playbook. They bring in two new co-offensive coordinators to now have Tua digest another book. That seems odd to me. Well, I mean, look, you, you know, I think that he, Brian brought Chan out of retirement because you know, he had Fitz, Fitz was there, Fitzpatrick, and Chan had coach fixed it at both at, at, uh, at Buffalo. Right. And they had some success. And so, and Brian, you know, because Chan was Mr. AFC East, he coached at Buffalo, he coached at the Jets. Brian had played against him enough that he created problems against the Patriots' defensive scheme. So he remembered that. And so it became when he needed somebody, he wanted to get away from the complexity of the Patriot offense, which works with Brady, and perhaps it doesn't really work unless Josh McDaniel's running it. So he hired Gailey, and it was a mistake almost instantaneously, and everybody knew it. I mean, poor, poor Chan came back, and, and he couldn't stay awake. He was, you know, it, sometimes it's best to just walk away. Sometimes it's best to walk away and preserve your image and preserve what you've been able to accomplish. And, and I think that's what happened to him, and Brian made a huge mistake. And so now I think what Brian's done, he hasn't turned it over to anybody. He's going to let the guys there run it with his with his direction. Hey, I just want to say, Chan, I feel you, bro. These two jobs, I have a hard time not nodding off at times too. The well, uh, I mean, it's not easy. I, look, I was I was on a. How about how would you like to have this story? I'm getting ready to go play the Houston Oilers in, at the Astrodome. And if we win the game, we have home field advantage. If we lose the game, we don't even make the playoffs. Okay, that's how that's how the thin line was in this game. I get on the team bus. Bud Carson sitting in the first seat of the first row, and here he, he lights a cigarette, falls asleep. The cigarette burns all the way out. He lights another cigarette, falls asleep, burns all the way out. How do you think I felt going to that game? 
<laughs> I don't know, but I love the story. Hey, by the way, save the best for last. Matt Nagy, hot seat? I'm just playing. I'm trolling you. Of course he is. Hot! Oh White my hot. God, it's hot. Oh my God, it's like a summer day in Texas. Guess who's next, Josh? What do you think he's up to today? We'll find out. Josh, Steam? Yeah, Steam. Josh Applebaum next here at Lombardi Line. all the time how, how do I watch how do I see VEASAN well just so you know you want to take it with you in the car on a run it's all for free every show follow the money numbers game beating the book also Josh Applebaum who's going to join his podcast which is awesome that's up there as well you just go to VEASAN.com slash podcast you listen to all the VEASAN shows for free it's simple just download download it or however you get your podcast everything's for free as we welcome you back an hour and 34 minutes ago market insights today's edition of josh applebaum's podcast dropped of course he is uh, our friend our partner our confidant josh applebaum he joins us here on the lombardi line what kind of business are you getting into today what, what are you what are you going to trick us with some steam some reverse line movement where are you at big guy Oh yeah, we, I got to keep you guys guessing, Patrick Michael. Great to be with you. Happy a happy Monday. Oh, here, there's but, never uh, a guess. <laughs> there's never a guess. I see that. If you're not on the Clippers tonight, I don't know what is. Well, luckily, Michael, let's see what we got right now. <laughs> it. This, this is a wheelhouse play for me, Michael. Let, let's dive right in and get ready because I got player props. Just you got you guys created a monster with these player props. I'm all in on these props now. Just by the way, I got two for you, Michael, coming up. Uh, but I'm Michael, I'm with you. You don't have to worry about me. This is a blueprint play for me. I'm going to grab the points with the Clippers. Uh, so number one, guys, you know, just some updated series prices of three to one. Clippers, huge favorite to close this thing out. Uh, minus 2,500 to win the series. 96% uh, percent implied probability. I think the Clips can do the impossible here. We saw the Nuggets do twice in the bubble last year. Come back 3-1. They're plus 1,200 right now. And also the Suns, plus 110 to win the NBA title. Bucks minus 105. Uh, as the favorite. But Michael, this is a blueprint play. I don't have to outsmart myself this uh, too much on this one. This is a, a classic play with the public all over the Suns. And again, you can't blame the public. The Suns have been great this year covering numbers in the playoffs. They are uh, so far 10 and 4 ATS in the playoffs. They're 7 and 2 ATS as a favorite. But this is all about the movement to me, guys. And one thing that's happening as we speak, you know, I was getting ready for the show today. It was six down to five and a half. Said, hey, you know, Clippers uh, getting six down to five and a half, some money on the clips here. But Patrick Michael, here's the key. It's going down to five right now at a lot of shops. That was what I was waiting for because a lot of times you'll see a number moves. Is there buyback? Does it go back up to six? This thing is continuing to fall the Clippers. Uh, so sharp reverse line move in their favor. Also, you know, this is one of the biggest spreads or it is the biggest spread of the series. We're used to, you know, a four, a four and a half, a one and a one. Now you're six down to five and a half, going down to five. It reminds me a lot of game two, guys. Remember when uh, Paul George missed those free throws? Suns won at the buzzer on the alley-oop. If you remember, that line looked very similar. It opened Suns minus six, ended up closing at four and a half. So I'm going to go with the points here with the Clippers, Michael. And also, you've been killing these unders, Michael. You got another one yesterday. They're now five and two in the conference finals. Have you guys seen how far this thing has well, dropped? Yeah. 15. Let me just, and let me, sorry to interrupt you, Josh. Let me just say yeah. 221 and a half, two games ago, it was, let's see, on Saturday night, total was 217 and a half. And go ahead, where are we sitting now on the total? Yeah, Patrick, you're totally right. So this total, again, it just fell again. It was 215. Some, I even saw a 216 out there. 
It's all the way down to 213, Patrick. So even in the last hour, it's fallen another point, 214 down to 213. And you know what this reminds me, guys? Remember in the net series with uh, the Bucks, we had that Gonzaga college game against UCLA. It was an 86-83. And Patrick, you and I were saying, man, this creates some opportunity. Buy low on these unders. The total keeps dropping. But what do we see in that series? Those unders kept hitting. So, Michael, what do you think? Are you with me on the clips and the points? And would you still go under even though it's getting dicey and it keeps falling? Josh, I'm gonna I'm gonna shot I'm gonna pivot here a little bit on the under. I'm gonna go over today because I feel like some like something's gotta heat up. Something's gotta heat up. And I think if it is an elimination game and we get that bevy of free throws at the end of the game, you know, that we could eke over that two thirteen and it might go to two twelve and a half. In fact I see a two twelve and a half now offshore. So I'm gonna go with the over here. I just think it's getting you know, and last night's game went way under and I think people are now starting to start betting the under. It's taken them a while to adjust to it, but they finally are. But I think this is one I can't imagine Booker I can't imagine Paul having as bad a games as they've had the last two. I just think the rims will be friendly. Patrick talked about that. You guys talked about it yesterday, the rims and the Clippers. So I just think it'll be a little bit more of a up-tempo pace and a little looser game. Not looser in the sense that it's an elimination game. Yes, that's a concern. But the Clippers need to score. I mean, Reggie Jackson needs to have a big day. Paul George can't be 5 for 20. So the mean, the, the, we've got to get back to the mean. So I think I like the over a little bit here. I do, I do like what Michael's saying about this, Josh, because he, he's been hammering. We talked about this at the onset. I think he's hit like 13 straight under. He hasn't missed an under. But what he's saying is this is too much of an adjustment. I mean, we've now adjusted from, you know, set eight points. So, and he also said closeout game, elimination game, you might have some following late desperation. Those free throws will kill you in basketball. That's a great point, Patrick. And Michael, I think you bring a good point too. Like, you know, just in terms of value, like a lot of these under, a lot of the under uh, hits that came in were, you know, 216, 215, 214 and a half. At this point, if you're taking the under, you're getting the worst of the number. So uh, in the, these situations, to me, the, the conundrum here, guys, is that this under money continues to come in and continues to fall. So on the one hand, it's like, ooh, I can really buy low and get an over here and get a good number. But it's also, why are we getting a big, a big num- uh, you know, a good number at this point? It worries me that maybe it's another, you know, 104, 103 type game, that sort of thing. Michael, I am with you. Just in terms of value, a lot of times, you know, if you're buying low, and I would, I would sit back if I were you, Michael, and say, hey. Let's see if it gets to 212, 211 yeah. and a half. It continues to fall. Let's get the low oh, water mark. I, I, you have a good buy low there. I definitely think, Josh, it's going to go to two. I mean, I see some 212s and a half out there right now if you want to go offshore. So I got a feeling it's just going to continue to come that way. And I just think there has to be, I don't want to call it value, but I just think there is a, there is, these are professionals. They're not going to have a disaster. They scored 29 points total combined two teams in the fourth quarter. I think that last game was the complete aberration. I mean, nobody could make a shot. And, you know, and I'm scared of the line. I really want to go with you in the clip tonight I really do I just don't trust them and I think Patrick's point about them being so tired but I think it's a play that I I would probably lean towards because if I had to pick a number I would go Clippers I don't like the Suns even though I think they'll play better but I do think the scoring will be improved the Clippers have played a very condensed schedule the antithesis would be the Suns now I thought the Suns would be hurt by the rust early in the series this is where I think they excel because they were they they had rested for days and days while the Clippers were playing high intensity games, obviously against Utah. So that that was my point. And also, while we've seen so many, we feel like we've had this 
rash of unders. You know, in the postseason, the unders are winning. I mean, the unders are are are, are at a 38-34 and two clip, but it's only what Josh four games uh, that separate the totals. So again, under. 213, we're starting to see 212s pop up with the Clippers and Suns. I'll come back and get you both your reaction to that. Also, Josh, I want to get your reaction when we come back to the six, which is painted across the board. Milwaukee laying six tomorrow night in Atlanta. We don't know what's happening with Trey Young, so I want you to guess where you think that number will settle if Trey Young is out. We got a couple of player props as well. We might even see Mr. Baseball. Uh, we got plenty to do. Still plenty of time here. Lombardi line. If you missed anything, again, it's M Lombardi NFL. We're at VEASAN Live. Come on back. And 600 is the bonus code. BetMGM's the place to be. And again, you get a risk-free bet up to $600 if you use the bonus code VEASAN600. It's a new customer offer. It's paid for in free bets. Just simply visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. 21 years or older. Again, if you have a gambling problem, please call 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado, Nevada, Virginia, and Washington, D.C. 1-800-2707-117 for out in Michigan. 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and West Virginia. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. In Tennessee, call or text redline 800-889-9789. In Indiana, call 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Okay, Michael, so, and Josh, uh, Atlanta Hawks star Trey Young says the sprained ankle is sore. It's hurting the MRI today. Michael, you know this. Yep, the ankle's better yesterday right after he heard it than it's going to be today, right? Well, I mean, it depends on how much swelling he got in it over the night. And, you know, he st- they didn't take him for an MRI right away. I mean, remember the James Harden hamstring, he went straight to the hospital to get an MRI when he walked off the court. Right. This, I think, is just a precautionary MRI. I mean, it's, got, it's, it's a sprain. Sprains are more challenging than breaks. You know, it's the ligaments that are in there. And, and it's hard, to, and there's really not a lot of treatment. They're going to put them in a bucket of ice trying to get, you know, get them to get some of the the swelling down so we can go out there and operate, give him a good tape job and see if he can last. And hopefully nobody steps on him and he gets to go. I'd be shocked if he didn't play. I just don't know how effective he will be when he plays. Okay, so Josh, that brings us to this. Milwaukee's laying six, a total of 221. Let's say he's ruled out. Thomas and I have said eight and a half is where it ends up eight, eight and a half. Where do you think that number that's sitting six right now ends up if young indeed is ruled out? Patrick, I think you're about right on that one. And again, you know, I'm kind of with Michael. I expect him to play, but the question is how effective will he be? And I think, you know, last night I was holding that Hawks plus the point stick it feeling really good all game. Once you see Trey young exit the court, that's when you get nervous. And also Michael, this goes to, I don't know if Bill Berman got down on the live line on the bucks. If, you know, this is the importance of live in-game betting opportunities like that. A star player goes down, you know, you can get the team uh, on a plus money payout or a better number on the spread. So that's part of it. But guys, and Michael, I'll defer to you on this one. I just feel like it's never a good sign when a player admits that it's sore and admits that it's hurting. I feel like not 99 times out of 100, a player will say, I'm fine, even though they could really, really be in a tough spot here. So I don't know. You know, I read that 
And Michael, he said he can't. His whole thing is blow by speed, and if he doesn't have that planning foot, I think that's a, a definite right. uh, spot that's going to hurt him. And also, fifteen and eight, Michael Road favorites ATS. I think this line goes up, and I'd, I'd lean Bucks if he's hobbled. Well, you know, the great Bill Berman was resting last night. I don't think he made Uh-oh. it through the game, so oh, I think no. he was recovering from yeah the captain from, from Summerfest. Yeah, the captain was recovering from Summerfest by way of Bermfest. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> so I don't think he was playing any any events on the TV uh, on the on the bet. But it's a great point. But I, I I kind of agree with you. I mean, we know Donovan Mitchell struggled. Uh, in that in the entire Clipper series with his ankle, and he he didn't have the ability to really drive. Although he played great, scored points, you know. But the problem is, what happens is all these other guys become affected by the injury to Trey Young. I mean, now the pressure's on Herder. Bogdanovich is hurt. Like, where are they going to pick up the points? They can't go to Lou Williams for many minutes. That's the real issue, you know. Just say say Young can play you know, effectively for 30. Well, who's going to pick up his minutes? They put The more they put Lou out there, the worse they become. So it just it's the trickle down, and I think it's the war of attrition is going to catch up to Atlanta. On that over tonight, Michael and Josh, hold off, because the boards lighten up. You can see it, Josh, right in front of you. That, that, that total is dropping. We're starting to see, a, a, I see a 212.5. Michael saw a 212 offshore. Uh, 215 was the opener. Everybody has 213. Uh, so let's get, jump right back into this because I know you have two player props tonight, Clippers, Suns, Josh. Yeah, these player props and kind of my model, guys, not targeting these big players. We've talked about it a lot. You know, we walk into a bar, everyone's going to bet the Suns, and they're also going to take the Booker over and the Paul George over. But what we've had a little bit of success here is these role players. So, Michael, two props for you, one from each player. First one, Cam Johnson, looking at points, rebounds, and assists together over nine and a half. So the play here to me is take the over. Number one, I like the juice to the over. If I'm going to bet a player prop, I want some juice over on a role player that people aren't really looking at, but the books are kind of hinting at, okay, we're making you pay the higher price because maybe that over is, is the smart spot. But Cam Johnson, Michael, he's gone over that nine and a half points, rebounds, assists, three of the four games this series. Also at home, this is a guy that seems to really like playing at home with the crowd, a role player that comes in, hits a couple threes, gets some rebounds. Uh, he's also gone over this nine and a half and eight of 14 playoff games. So, Michael, what do you think of Cam Johnson over nine and a half tonight? You know, I, I kind of like that one, Josh. I thought you were going to come with Cameron Payne. I thought you were going to go with him because, I mean, he's played so effectively. Now, he's got the bad ankle, and we saw that he wasn't as good as he typically was like he was in game one. So, you know, I do like that. I do think some of these bench players for Phoenix have to make a difference. Josh, we got to give you props. You, these prop, the, i got to give you props for your props because what you have? what was the number, Josh? We were debating, Michael and I were debating, where would you have the P.J. Tucker number? Was it ten and a half, eleven and a half, somewhere in there? Yeah, Tucker was ten and a half. And okay, so that was, was a winner. Eleven and a half. That yeah. was a winner. Because yeah, P, P, P. I sweat that one. And then and then and then Portis, Bobby Portis, you got that as well. Fifteen. Yeah, I've been joining these props, guys. I don't know. It just spices it up a little bit. And again, I feel like the niche here as a contrarian is not to go with the you know the low hanging fruit of a Booker or you know or a Paul George. And again, these role players uh, to me, Michael, they they kind of go under the radar. And if you can look at. I, to me, the key is box scores. Look at these box scores. If you can play a lot of minutes, you know, the other one I'll throw at you tonight, Michael, is a veteran, Nicholas Batum. Uh, Batum over eight and a half. He's got to play good. Yeah, he's yeah, when they When they this, play Michael, good for the Clippers, Batum's, right, when he's hitting those corner threes for them, I mean, they're playing better. They need a big game out of Batum. There's no denying that. I agree with you on that one. He's got to show up tonight. He did in, he did in, uh, 
what was it, game three? I think he did in game three when they were when they made when they hit all those shots. He's got to play much better. There's no denying that. Josh, I'm glad you brought it up because we get these questions all the time. What Josh is referring to by going off the board a little bit with his props is you're always going to have a star inflation or a star tax that you have to pay. Everybody wants to bet Paul George. Everybody wants to bet Booker and Chris Paul. Everybody wants to bet Trey Young. So those numbers are going to be inflated and taxed, and that's why you try to get outside the box. Obviously, always outside the box, Mr. Applebaum, but that is, that's what you do. So I think that's good. A um, couple of things. One, let's touch on the NBA really quickly because my, I know where Michael is going to go. He's going to go under, and for good reason. Montreal and Tampa Bay, second and third best goals against average in the postseason for these two teams, two great goalies. And one of the things I really point, I wrote down in my notes is Montreal, if Tampa Bay gets a uh, gets on specials uh, penalty, they, their penalty kills hit at a, like a 93.5% success rate. So goals are going to be at a premium tonight. They are. And Michael, I'm with you on this under. Get your take on it. But uh, a couple things going on here. Number one, let's like look at a high-level standpoint. Unders in the Stanley Cup Finals have been a very smart bet last decade. They're 33-20, and 20, 62%. Uh, you also have two of the best under teams in the playoffs going head-to-head now, guys. Tampa Bay 10-6-2 to the under. Montreal 9-4-4 to the under. Two great goalies, two teams that have great penalty kills. Now, the only thing that annoys me a little bit is you're really not going to get the hook. I love getting hooks the under 5.5 with a lot of these. You know, really, you may not get there. You can look at the alternate lines. It may be, like, too high to play, like minus 160, something like that. Uh, but, Michael, what do you think? Are we going to get a low-scoring game here? And even with the under five, you're getting some plus money. So maybe you're banking on a, you know, two-to-one, three-to, you know, three-to-one, one-nothing type game there. You know, I always think we talk about game sevens being the tight games in, in sports, and this is a general commentary on on series. I always think game one is the feel-out process, you know, where the teams don't want to take too many chances and they want to play it conservatively. They kind of want to – it's like the, the first couple rounds of a, of a championship boxing rank. And, and I think when you add that, that element into the tremendous goalkeeping, plus Montreal's ability to penalty kill has been – unbelievably impressive. I think it's 93.5% success rate during the playoffs. I mean, how can you do that and continually? So I think all those, I like it under five. I don't need the hook. I like it under five. The last time I said that, I needed the hook, but I do. I think both these goaltenders are playing so well, and I think that defensively, the teams are really good. The, the, The they were, I think I, I wrote this down this morning, they were the, the leading them to the second and third best goals against average so far this season in the playoffs. Yeah, and also a, a better's best friend. What do you see on the under there, Josh? You see a plus 105. We always love to see the plus coming back. The The big story here, though, is some books had this open like 270, 275. It's down to $2 on the Lightning. That is a huge move, Josh. It's a huge move here, Patrick, and you're right. Big move to, to uh, the Canadians. And again, the Canadians have cashed some of these big plus money road dog spots that you don't expect from them. They did it against a couple times against the Leafs. They did it against VGK. Uh, Patrick, it worries me a little bit with this movement toward Montreal. So I think there probably were some wise guys saying, hey, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. You're giving me these big plus money payouts with a team like the Habs playing great. I'll take it. But at this point, you're not getting the biggest payout. And I almost kind of lean buying low on Tampa Bay. Patrick, one thing I, I looked at here is, Home favorites in the Stanley Cup Finals the last decade, they're 36 and 20, 64%. So, again, tough spot for me. I would give a shout-out to our, our buddy Sunshine in Canada. He likes the series price a lot. Andy McNeil on Tampa Bay, minus 250. 
you know, remember VGK, they were like a minus 500 favorite. So Andy's numbers, I think, had uh, the the uh, the lightning here around minus 330, and you're getting a 250. I tip my cap to Andy. He, he has a good edge there on that series price with the Bolts. Okay. So before we get out of here, the officially, Michael, you're going to go over? Are you going to wait on that hopefully to get down to 212-ish tonight and get over on yeah, the basketball I, game? I, I'll do it at – yeah, I mean, I'm going to do it at 212 and a half. I mean, I'm going to go over tonight. I'm going to lean towards the Clippers. I like the, I like the, I like Vanderbilt in, in baseball today, and I also like the Milwaukee Brewers. And what else did I like today? There was something else I liked today that we were talking about. Uh, oh, I'll think about Maybe it. Maybe the yeah, Giants. They were hitting. Yeah, no, it wasn't a baseball play. It was, it wasn't a baseball play, but we'll, we'll get it. You betting ping pong on the side, Josh? You got bets on the way no. out? Oh, I got bets on The Bachelor tonight, Patrick. We got rose ceremony tonight, Dude, my friend. What are you gotta, talking gotta... Are you serious? You can bet on that? <laughs> uh, quasi bet on Dude, you I, at least. Hey, Southie, Patrick. You're, yeah. you're, you're about to be a married man. Good for you. Good for you, The Bachelor. Uh, what are you taking on the game? Yeah, so I'm going Clippers plus five and a half. I think this thing may get down to five again. Reminds me a lot of that line movement in game two when they lost on the alley-oop. I go under here. I don't like that. It keeps falling. I wish I got a better number on that. Uh, Batum over eight and a half points props uh, and also Cameron Johnson over. And uh, got the under in the hockey game, guys. Let's get after you it. You two have a great day, okay? Have a great day. I got Monday. the under in the hockey, too. That's the one That's I missed. That's Michael yep. Lombardi. There it is. The Nuts is coming up next right here on v the Sports Betting Network.